Welcome to Powerful Impact Podcast. Um, today I have God is here with me. Oh, all the time. All, all the time. I get <laughs> my cases over here all the time. <laughs> I got my, my, I'm half black and I got the half white side all the time. I'm dealing with it all day. We have our special guest. This is too good. I'm not starting though. <laughs> Don't worry about it, baby girl. I, this is every day over here. This is every day. This is, this is the most. so much every day. I got to be, one minute I got to be, I'm a plant plant for shit. Next minute I got to be like, y'all better leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how you been, daddy? Come down here and talk about, that sounds undisputed. Un- what the fuck you talking about? That sounds undisputed. <laughs> I don't talk white, talk white. Get your ass upstairs. Talking that crazy shit. Fucking with me in my interview. I throw this <laughs> oh God! Um, welcome to Powerful Impact Podcast. I with this shit. is SP, and we have Goddess and special guest Little Dap. Hey guys, how's everybody doing? Doing good. How you doing, Little Dap? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. You, you know. Good? Yes, yes. I'm running. You in a good Trump. place? Yes, I'm running from Trump. <laughs> I'm running. I'm running for my life. Start with the questions. Just <laughs> I'm just playing, guys. Okay. I'm just being a little hilarious, you know, because that's healthy. You know, good laughter is healthy nowadays. You know, because it's so easy just to slap the shit out of somebody. Just like, like I was about to do. I had to calm myself. I had to calm myself and say, "Oh, this sounds racist, son. You trying to check me how to talk? Hey, don't worry. The interview started." <laughs> so, I'm gonna start with the easy one. Uh, but uh, for those who don't know you, nah, where you know. where are you from? I'm from Brooklyn, actually Jersey City, Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. And how to be from Brooklyn uh, um, affect how Jersey you City get your art in Brooklyn. I was born in Jersey City and raised in uh-huh. Brooklyn. Oh, okay. So what's the different dynamics between Brooklyn and Jersey City? Kind of same, you know. It's right outside the borough going through, you know, you're just crossing the water. So it's just, you know, the attitudes is a little different, you know, but kind of similar, you know, but a little different, you know what I mean? No different Jersey City, New York City, you know, right through the Harlem Tunnel, you know. My grandmother had a house over there, so we, you know, we was all raised there. And, um, yeah, my mom, you know, ran ran in the city and boom, raised us out there. And um, we took it from there. Yeah, we took that, yeah, excuse my French, we took it from there. <laughs> How did that shape your music? Oh, it opened up my music. It opened up my music because I'm, you know, being in, you know, Jersey City, you know, the skyline of New York City is right there. So you just always, you know, be like, oh, when I get to the city, yo, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. So it just built your character more or less, you know. So my mom's moved and brought us, you know, had us out there, you know, because my grandmother raised, my mother raised me, but my grandmother raised part of my life, you know. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Um, when my mom was out there, boom, she brought us home, you know, brought us out there and raised us in uh, Flatbush first. I was raised around, you know, in uh, Vanderveer, Flatbush, Brooklyn. And then after that, 1986 or 80, yeah, 86, 84, 86, we moved to East New York, Brownsville area. So from Jersey City and, and East New York, Brownsville area. And this was group home and gangstar things. That's the start. Okay, so how did it start? That's for me, for me, for my side. Mm-hmm. So how did it start? I met Guru, uh, when we moved to Brooklyn, I met Guru from a friend of mine, you know, my man Tommy Hill and Gusmo. They brought mm-hmm. him around the way and they was like, we're hanging with some rappers, we're hanging with a rapper. So you figure back in the days in the late 80s, 90s and stuff like that you dealing with rappers you know 
I mean, it was Big Daddy Kane, Coogee Rap, everything mm-hmm. Rock Cam, XYZ, blah, blah, blah. You know, you dealing with that. You know, so um, when they said they had a rapper they were hanging with and they brought him around the way. And, you know, like I said, you know, back and I say this in other interviews and I say, you know, Google didn't look like no rapper like that back then when I met, you know, he looked like somebody on the streets we hang with, you know, if not, you know, had them work, you know. It wasn't no rapper yeah. back then. And you had to change the crew. You had the cars. You had the look. You ain't mm-hmm. no rapper. Yet. So, when, I don't know. I, when I met him, you know, when my friends told me, yo, we hang with rap- a rapper, I went put my jewelry on. I went bought my, I, had, I just bought this little bike that came out, a, a scooter. It was a scooter. Actually, it was like a scooter back in the days. But it was like a scooter slash motorcycle. Mm-hmm. So I had it before it came out. You know, back then you buy shit like a couple of years before it come out. So if this new bike was coming out and I seen it in the magazine, you know, and I had the bread, I'm going to get this before it come out. Boom, boom, boom. That's the old school shit. You know, old school hustling shit. Like, I'm going to get this before niggas even know about it. Boom. So I had one of those type joints. And that's when I rolled up with, meet up with my friend Tommy Hill and Gusmo to meet up with Guru because they said they're hanging with a rapper. And I get there and Guru didn't, didn't look like no rapper. He looked like some, you know, like I said. So and then he, I, I guess he felt my pain at the time, you know what I mean? Because I left. I was like, I ain't hanging no way. I'm like, the fuck, man. So I left. And I told my man, Tommy, I'm not hanging with y'all for a couple of weeks after this and blah, 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 you know, <laughs> because I thought, him on the a, I, thought, I thought I thought he was like every B-Rock Kim and, you know, the rappers that was popping. Now, nigga said mm-hmm. with a rapper. And I get there, he's not a rapper. He looked like somebody we'd be having working for us on the street tip. So I'm like, I ain't doing it. Y'all made me pull out my jewelry. I'm a little nigga. And, you know, I had to take the chance in case niggas try to rob me or whatever. I'm riding my motorcycle. Got my little motherfucking 38 in my motherfucking pocket. I'm like, I took a chance to come over here thinking y'all niggas hanging with a rapper. <laughs> the fuck, man? I could have went to jail. So what I, made- I guess school felt my pain from there. And uh, after that, he kept calling me and stuff like that. Like, yo, uh, pop, 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 sorry, pop, pop, pop. I'm like, why is he apologizing? I'm like, I already knew you're not a rapper. All right, boom. But he's like, boom, he's a struggling artist. He's he's, he's going to get out there. He's promoting his music. Ah, ah, ah. And I was like, yeah, all right, boom, boom, boom. And then next thing, one thing led to another. He kept calling me. I just picked up the call. said, yo, what's up, yo? And he was like, yo, you know, I, I'm glad you picked up. I just wanted to let you know. I guess he felt. I guess we felt each other's energy, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. After that, it was it was it was cool, you know. And then I said, okay, come meet me, come to my mother's house. I don't have a lot of people come with my mom's, you know where. So I'm like, come meet me over there. That's like a meetup spot. Come to my mother's house, you know. Niggas gonna do anything, gonna do anything around family, and if that, so then we we know what to do. So I said, meet me over here, with my family spot. And he came, but he came in a van with a bunch of kids. And some of them had like, you know, like, you know, like they got beat up or something or whatever. I don't know. They had something like cast on their legs. Oh, no, the girl had a cast on her arm. Yeah, she had, yeah, she had a cast on her arm. And I'm like, yo, what you do? What type of work you do? And, he, and when he rolled up on my mother's house, because he said, I'm going to smoke with you and chill with you. You know, I got a break. But I got the, you know, I'm still on work. And I got the kids in the car. And I'm like, kids in the car. I said, what, what, what type of work you do? And he's like, yo, I work with a group home. Um, not a group home. It was like something like something like a group home, I called it. Because I, I understand that. You know, he, but I guess he didn't understand. It, but he was working for the, the government, the system. You know what I mean? You know, for mm-hmm. battered kids and mothers that's on crack and dope and all that shit and kids that was getting abused and beat up and you know, like it was, it was crazy so I said oh you do that type of work you know and I said oh 
I like you now. I like you even more now. You know what I mean? Because I come from that world. You know, I live around, I'm from the street. So I'm around kids, like people like that. Mm -hmm. And he, and he, and that's how me and him really clicked from there. You know what I mean? And then after that, I said, yo, I'm going to help you out with your music stuff, yo. Now I see what you do. I didn't know you do work like this. And so that got me more. So I'm like, okay, you doing, you got a nine to five doing that. I'm in these streets. I'm going to use my little street money and your nine to five money. We're going to put it together and we're going to become a deadly sword. We're going to run through Manhattan. I can't get in the clubs. So you go in there and, you know, I got my little street money. Boom, boom, boom. You, you make it look good. Boom. And I wait outside with him with the gun, you know, make sure me and him get home right on the train and shit. That was that era, you know, it's the 80s. Hip hop, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, we had, you know, we had to watch one another, you know, mm -hmm. so until we get to our dreams, you know. So, yeah, I was, I was, I was that little nigga. I was with, yeah, that's you how know, you, that gang star. That's why I was the star and just to get a rep because I helped him write that. Yes, we were going through in the street. You know what's dope about that? That that story reminds me of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it reminds me of the parallel of KRS One with Scott LaRock. Scott yeah. LaRock's working yeah. in a homeless shelter. He has a yeah. heart of gold. Yeah, wanting yeah. to help out inner city youth, but he comes in with a briefcase. He's a licensed social worker. Well, maybe maybe that's not social worker slash case manager in a homeless shelter, and then sees talent in the young KRS One. Exactly. And starts to take him exactly. to the fever and all those places. Like, it's just like it's like I mean, around know, the same era too, eighty seven, eighty eight. That yeah, same. You know, just like you know, I'm the last. We're, we're one of the last Bohemians of the shorties from that era, from that ever running around endangered species being, and being behind your soldier that has the dream and being behind him and believing in and that because if he make it, we all make it. Mm hmm. That's how we came. Yeah, I come from that era. We make it. We all make it. I can help you, and you. I can help you, and you can help your family. And this one can help their family because if one, you know what I mean. That's the era where I come from. All for know? one. One. A lot all. of people I helped out in this music industry, and I say again, a lot of people. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. that I helped out in this music industry. I'm not even gonna put them on Broadway, but deep in their heart, they know who it is. They know who they are. What I it's find hard, they know. And if I was just to say one, you'd be like, "Wow, you have something." Yes, a lot of people I helped out, and I always told them, "Don't forget about us if you make it." And, and look where they at. They wouldn't did. even get my. They wouldn't even get my kid to play the fool, nigga. Mm. But when I came to their house, and when I came to them, they didn't have nothing. But I used my work to help them. But they wouldn't even come and check on the niggas. Even, but that's not. Hey, I don't blame you know. You know, it, it, it's business, nothing personal. But then again, if I help you in my lifetime, I, I, don't forget each me. one. Teach one. It tells you yeah. this in the book of life in the Bible. Dude. Mm -hmm. You know, the Creator tells you that. You know, so it, I mean, as far as like helping one another, you know, as far as helping one another, you know, I did that. I did die. I helped a lot of careers helping one another. So, yeah. I don't say none. I don't let my right nor my left. I don't say none. But deep in their heart, they know. I'm going to ask that. One thing I Oh, sorry, SP. One more question. I just want to say, Guru now, right, comes from a certain level of privilege, right, and status from his father. Comes from a middle-class background, right? Alleged I've and educated. More house. Once I met, since I met him, and then he I've comes been dealing with that all my life. Yeah, his family background structure and the power. I've been dealing with that all my life. And then he comes and he ends up in East New York with all of this to go New help York. people out and wants to do this mission with these lyrics. Yes. What do you think his vision was for? The group was it like to be a militant group, a positive group, a jazzy? What do you think his vision was from the job with the education background in Morehouse? What was he explaining to you in those first months, first year of knowing him, what he was trying to do? It's all about passing the knowledge. It's all about talking. Put it like this: 
I say again, I'm going to cut the red tape. It's either now or never. And it's all about, you know, either you, if you never believe in something, you know, start believing in it. You know, if you never, if you believe in Jesus or you believe in God, whatever you believe in, I say again, whatever you believe in, start believing in it because it's real, nigga. Excuse my French. It's real. So that's the knowledge we were passed on, to pass on the way we're on the phone now. And after this, y'all pass it on. It's real. Now or never. When you close your eyes, while you was alive, I say again, while you was alive, try to make peace with everybody. This, this, you know, whoever's smarter than this person, if you're smarter than that, if this, if you can read and write and this person can't, you help and help pass the work past. Just pass things on. You have, that's our job in life. Because once you're dead, you're dead. That's it. Ain't no in-between. You see it in front of your eyes. People die like nothing. And that's something higher powers let you know. Death is real. <laughs> Death is real, nigga. <laughs> you see it in front of your face. You die. Bang. That's it. That quick. Bang. So, pass the word regarding, you know, love. Love. Everything about love. It's hard to say that people say they give us love. We don't have the, the love. People give you love because material things and items and things. That's not real love. We don't even know real love. We know it as a kid when we're young. That's when you real. That's when you really feel it. It's like having. It's just like having. It's just like having a new girlfriend. You're like, damn, she's so beautiful. Damn, I always want her. And then you get her. But then once you let everything come around, and then you lose her, and then it's it, 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 it's you know love. Just past love. That's it. Love. That's our job. The past love, and get and get people to find him. That's it. That's 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 all I do through my music. I don't care. Even through my sins, that's my job. You know, we're all sinners. As soon as you wake up, you're gonna sin, nigga. Nobody's perfect. No one's perfect. At the end of the day, remember this: in front of God's eyes, we're filthy rags, like a dirty rag you throw away. So imagine the sin we have within us. And the things. So every day, think like try to rebuild that. Try to build a relationship to change those ways. Because a simple word, words are powerful. A simple word can clean your whole sin. You know, just like you wake up in the morning and know, and you know how to wash your ass. You know how to wake up in the morning and wash your motherfucking ass. You know how to jump in that shower and work and clean your ass because you smell it. All right then, clean that sin off. That's the sin. That's the smell. Clean that shit off. It's <laughs> me next question. You like that? No. Yeah. I love that. Go wash your motherfucking ass. Boom. What the fuck you talking about? You're not cooking. Like, here you come again. Here come the enemy. Here come the enemy. But you're not cutting the same cloth. You're Catholic. Uh, little that. Little that. Yeah. That continue. continue. They come. You know, it's just the enemy. Number five. Don't worry about it. Did you and um. Jeru knew each other beforehand. Excuse me? Did you and Jeru know each other beforehand? Yeah, I knew him beforehand. I got love for the brother, you know what I mean? There's certain things he do in life, you know, I don't agree with. And mm -hmm. Otherwise, now I still got love with him. I have to have love for him. Even, even though the things I know that's wrong, he do, I still got love for him. I have to. I got. I want. I want to make it to the next life. So, yes, you know, I'm not gonna bash him or whatever. But the things he do that's wrong, I have to bash. That's not right, you know. So, do unto others as you like people to do unto you. What you do to me, I don't do to you. So, yes, I will speak about those things. Yes. What kind of things did he do that you didn't agree with? Not very good. And that's it. Not very good. Five, six. But yet, but yet, I still talk with you. So, who's the bigger man? Otherwise, in that, I would have left you alone a long time ago. You know? But, you know, you got people that want to judge you on your actions and things in life, but they don't want to speak about theirs. So, you know, people like to keep their dark secrets. And 
leave this earth with their dark secrets. Me, I'm bringing mine to the table. If I'm a piece of shit, you're going to know I'm a piece of shit. If I'm a drinker, you're going to know he, oh, he drank too much. If I'm that, you're going to know because I'm going to let you know. I'm not here to blow smoke up your ass. I don't get a check for that. All right, People little dad. People rather die with their dark secrets. I don't need, I'm trying to get to the light. Fair enough. Dap, how did you get the name Little Dap? Was that given to you or did you make it up? And does it have any significant meaning? I heard it. A little Dap watching video music box. And then I broke it down. Me and Google broke it down a little. You know, we in the car arguing like boom, boom, nah, boom, boom, boom. You know, debating. Not an argument, but debating and what makes sense. And we broke it down a little. And that's what you got today. If we would abbreviate it, I mean, we abbreviated it. Uh, excuse my French. We abbreviated And then if we would have copied written that back then, we'd be billionaires today. So we were already on our Bill Gates. We were already on our Bill Gates type of movement. Like I say, again, if we would have abbreviated, if we would have copied uh, patent and all that back then we'd be billionaires today because I don't know I don't know it was as you see today you know I guess the work we were doing and the music we were putting out was touching people I guess it came from the music we were putting out touching people with the little mm-hmm. we were touching people because of the music we were putting out and it was touching people's hearts and souls I so, Dap, how does it go from you guys are riding around, building, going to shows, you got his back, to then he eventually gets a record deal and comes out? Is there demos involved? Is there? How does he get on? How do you guys get on into the industry? Goo, me and Goo was, run, Goo was running around a lot. So me and Goo was running around with Patrick Moxie. Our, you know, piece of my man Patrick Moxie, excuse my French, but piece of my man Patrick Moxie, you know, he, he was he was always on the ball with us, and uh, especially with Google, you know what I mean? Him and Google had that bond, and Google had that vision. Google had the vision. A gangster wouldn't be here the way it is. And by him meeting up with us, when he once Google left Boston and met up with Brooklyn, it was a wrap. That's it. it we, we all took it where it needed to go. It's all connecting the dots, you know. I know you hear a lot of things, but a lot of people don't know. I know what I know from being there. I met Google nineteen eighty eight, the summer of nineteen eighty eight, you know, after he left college. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so he's different. fresh he from graduated, Morehouse. After he graduated from Morehouse University and all that his with his uh business and business management degree and all that shit, you know, you know, he comes from a powerful background, so I didn't even know about the powerful background he came from. I just knew about college, you know, and I have a lot of friends who graduate from college and even our family members, you know, even family members, excuse me. But um, when me dealing with him, I just knew him on the college tip. Later on, I knew about the powerful tip. So things that I need to, you're supposed to keep quiet. And this business, nothing personal. Because we have kids out here. Take us back to like East New York now. This is East New York in the late 80s. He comes over here. He's from Boston. You're from right Jersey City out there now. What is What are the sights and sounds and the feeling of East New York in this time period? We're talking crack era, right? What else is going on in that era? At the time, we've got, I'm, I'm back and forth. Jersey City, East New York. You know that era. You know, the 80s, late 80s, now you're always back and forth, Jersey City, East New York. So it's always been there, Brownsville. So, you know, it it, 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 it was serious back then. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was serious. You couldn't talk what you're talking now. You die. You surely die. Like, and it was, um, it was serious. You, you die. That's all I can say. You have to watch your mouth. That's what I can say. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a lot a lot of people who have become super disrespectful and think you, you just gotta take it. And that's 
that's just not how we grew up. Yeah. 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 So, you know what? There's Respect no go a long brothers. way. There's no big brothers. There's no more big brothers. There's no mm -hmm. more big sisters. There's no more big, you know what? Our generation, the way we were raised, we supposed to be, it's our, it's our fault in a way too because the way we were raised, we get our ass whipped. Now we scared to touch these mother, you know, so, oh, I know, he crazy. No, we had crazier people around us back then. Mm-hmm. Fuck you talking about? He beat his ass. And that's what we lack. So that's why you see them overpower and doing it's the it's the devil's work. And it's just like having the Holy Spirit in. And you know the power. And people who study, who can read and write and study and know the power, they're scared to spread the love and the help, you know, and and the hill people, the help. They're scared. God didn't put fear in us. That's not him. So you start moving like that and thinking like that, you working for the devil. Me, I'm a civilian. I'm out here. I'm like war right now. I've been out here a lot, three generations. Probably the last Bohegans of the little niggas being out here. Nah, they're going to have to kill me. So, um, how did you how did you connect with uh, Charlie um, Moroda? Charlie Moroda, you talking about uh, who worked on uh, EPMD project? Yes, producer, producer, yeah, not producer, engineer. Charlie Murata. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hooked up with him. How did I hooked up with my man Adolf? To EPMB people and all. I mean, my man Aguilar. He, yeah, he was working with Charlie Murata. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. He did He did EPMB first album and you know? all. I mean, first album, second album. Yeah. Yeah, Charlie good, man. Yeah, Charlie did some good. Yeah, Charlie was quite had some good times when I'm working with him. You know, uh, he worked on some of my work. You know, uh -huh. on my tip for the ghetto album, he did some work on that as far as the production, helping something that as far as like I worked at his studio, you know, and the tracks I did at his studio, yeah, Charlie, so, yeah, uh -huh. a friend of mine. That was it. So, um, did you guys, you're on mute, goddess. Did you learn anything or have any takeaways from being around all you know all the all the seasoned musicians that you were around? Yeah, I've been around a lot of seasoned musicians, you know. I've been around, you know, like come on, Donald Byrd doing mm -hmm. it in the park, boom, 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 doing it after dark. Oh yeah, after dark. I've been, you know. Taking Donald Byrd to his job and all that because he was working at a college on that teaching music and all that. So mm -hmm. that's an inspiration for me because my parents and people beyond my parents, they grew up on his music. So mm -hmm. and things in that nature. So that was like a big inspiration. And that, and that and another person, uh, my a friend of mine, my man Bradford Marcellus, being around them with music and jazz and history and things and learning. You know the, the you know the craft of music and you know certain yeah I, yeah I had a beautiful run with as far as like what you just asked yeah yeah. What was it like after um, Gangstar dropped Step into the Arena? What was the vibe like? Yeah, it was crazy after Step in the Arena. You know, new gen. You know, the times were changing at that time. The tunnel was popping. You know, like it was that time, it was that era before you guys got belly and stuff. Yeah. Were you on tour with them or were you doing Yeah, yeah, I was on tour running around. That's how, how you got new phone. Yeah, I was on tour. How was it like doing tours with them? Tours was cool, you know, because we all this is something we, we all at our point in life, like okay, now we here. We here. 
now it's time to get everybody out, you know. You know, so that's how you got group home, us, XYZ, and people from the platform. And how about when the second album drops, um, Daily Operation? The same thing. Now we're about to drop our own album. What's it called? Living Proof. You had Jay Roof, Sunrises from the East. Boom. So, yeah. what were the what were the recording sessions like for Living Proof? Um, did you have creative control? Yeah, I had my own key because I put that Living. Let me tell you, what Living Proof album is a lot to do. You know, I had to, you know, at that time, you know, it it was strong. Kamir was doing Biggie album, helping doing. Stuff. He had Nas, Nas first album, like working on that and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, he's doing, he, he was swamped, you know? So I said, yo, I got it, you know, me, Guru, put, we pressed out uh, uh some wax, put some wax oh. on him or something. So we pressed up some wax while Premier was in the mix of that. So we said, we pressed up some wax that had Superstar, Jay Wu had come clean. And Shug had some yeah. song he had some uh Sugar Bear, he had a song on it. It was oh. three songs on the wax. And whatever popped from these three songs, that's what we running with. And Jay Wu popped off first and after him, then Gru Pump popped off second. And then oh. then Shug he popped off later, but the crowd didn't go too much, but boom. But the two main ones were J-Roo and Groupon, and that's how you got it. You know what I mean? If we didn't press, if Google didn't press them 12 of the pieces of, of wax to get it, you guys would never heard, you know, of us like that. But that was mm -hmm. our blueprint. That was our blueprint. Do you still, you still talk to J-Roo? Huh? Do you still talk to J-Roo? No, nah, I don't talk to him as much. I haven't spoke to him as much, you know what I mean? You know? Everybody else, you know, I got, I, I, I haven't spoken to this much, you know. Uh, I be focusing on my music and stuff. Like now and every now and then we probably speak, but I don't really, I, I haven't spoke to anyone, you know. To keep it real, I'm gonna keep it real with everybody, you know. I don't speak to everybody like that, you know. If any, I'm gonna keep it real. I speak to everybody every leap year, and I say again, every leap year, you know. And that's everybody, you know. That's when every good artist put a good project out every three to four years, like, you know, good body of work, you know. So I mm -hmm. speak to these guys when it's time to work. Otherwise than that, no, I don't speak to them. So how did uh, Premier come into the picture? Mm. We was at Wild Pitch Records and uh, Google had to do a show. Me and my man Tommy Hill Gusmo. And Lord Finesse was up there too. We had Wild Pitch Records in Manhattan, Soho area. Mm -hmm. And um, we go there early during the day, you know, listen to demos and stuff like that. Just being around the label to help to promote our work and things in that nature. So we had the record label. We're running through the, uh, what do you call it? It was a box that people dropped their demos off. So we needed a DJ. Goes running through there. We all running through the box to see with DJs. Boom. So we found his tape. Boom. Called him. Bam. Now you got him. That was a demo mixed uh, box. The demo where you sing your demos in the box. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Uh -huh. And that was that wild pitch record. You can do your history on that. Uh, let me see. Oh, go, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Now I was going to say, Gangstar dropped their album in 1989, No More Mr. Nice Guy. So what was it like for the crew? Tell us what was the energy like. Oh, it was love. Because everybody trying to make it. That was the energy <laughs> back then. I bet. Come on, you coming from the hood? Everybody, all everybody coming from where they coming from, and we all meet. Yeah, that was yeah, exactly. That was I, the energy. So I think that album like so dope. 
I think well, that album like, is so dope, Little Dap, and it slept on that first album. It is yeah, not given enough, energy, enough clout. That the energy. That's everybody. We made it. It's like, yeah. we made it. So like, Premier is producing that album, but he doesn't have know? all the best equipment, but he does the best he can with what he has to make that album. That album's fire to me. That album was crazy. That album was a crazy album. Not only that, a very good album. So, what was it like when you first heard your song on the radio? Oh, that shit was crazy. At first, <laughs> I couldn't let everybody know because I still was living with my mother. You know what I mean? Mm. So, I couldn't let everybody know. You know what I mean? When I, you know, when Superstar popped off, you know, me and my man Dino Devalier. You know, piece of my man Dino Devalier. Me and him used to get up every morning around this time, like nine, actually like three, around twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock at night, we start hitting all the college radios in New York City, running around New York City, hitting all the college urban radio stations that's playing that underground music. So we would run around and hit and do Bobito, all those shows. All those type of shows and get back up around nine, ten in the morning, be back at the record label around like nine o'clock in the morning. Yet we was running around all the way to four in the morning. So it's determination, homie. Determination, man. Drive. And back My at work. And back at work like nothing happened. Boom. That part. You gotta put work in. These people, everybody got it fucked up. Now, they, this game right now for everybody, I call it laziness. It's not the real work. I, I see why Puff talked that shit. You damn right. All that work, imagine the footwork. He had the, the same shit I'm talking. That's why, you know, people like that who put that work in to get what you guys loving and doing, it ain't nigga. You know, no work. Nigga be up right, right now, niggas got to be running around while y'all ready for that. Oh, I'm kind of tired. Uh, I just ate and I'm what? What? We look at y'all like them some weak motherfuckers, nigga. <laughs> the fuck away from me, son. I don't even want to hang with that nigga too long. What this nigga? Where you going to bed? What time is it? Oh, it's eleven thirty, nigga. This shit just started. You gotta keep, man, man. Don't imagine being in the studio putting the album together. You know, it's twenty four hours out of the day. You gotta put at least nineteen hours in. Nineteen and Guru has in. a nine to five job while he's doing 19 this, right? Hours in. and he's putting and he's working a full time job while he's doing this. No excuses. So people look at the end of this music shit and they'd be like, Oh, that's just is it uh uh no 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 no. It's a lot of work. It's more work mm-hmm. than you can bear. Do you understand? You could be in the studio working, boom, they tell you you got to get on the plane and drive it and, and fly to another country or fly here and there. Imagine you're sleeping hours. You're like a robot. I feel sorry for this new generation the way they working them, boy. Boy. <laughs> boy. That's my new song called <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Bring it back. Like, Lil Jeff, how, how, how did you meet Malachi, the Nutcracker? Oh, I met him in the, I met that I met him in the hood with Google. Google lived in the Bronx. First Google lived in Brooklyn. Then he okay. said, Yo, I'm gonna move to the Bronx. All right. Then you move never. I don't know the Bronx. I know the Bronx, but I don't be up there like that. He's like, yo, don't worry about it. I'm gonna let you know everything. Mind you, we're working on the train system. So he like, just take the A train to the four train, pa pa pa. So I'm like, ah. It took me like a half an hour to get to the Bronx. I'm up on the train with a three with a 38 in my pocket. Boom. <laughs> because I don't know these Bronx niggas like that. So I'm like, I know how Bronx people are. They all hang in front of their buildings and you know and run their little blocks. So I'm like, okay, I'm coming from Brooklyn. I'm getting off the train, coming on your block. So I got my little 38 in case a bunch. I ain't trying to get jumped. I'm gonna shoot my way up out of this to get back on the train like some warriors said, to get back to Brooklyn, nigga, to get back home to my territory. <laughs> Right. You see, I broke it down like that. You yeah, you broke it down it? for real. <laughs> you want to talk a New York City life? I tell you, son. Fuck they talking about. Fuck they talking about, boy. 
excuse my French, and I hate to talk like, but I, I, I rather this energy, and you feel it. That way, you can pass it on. Because I used to go up there and meet with Goo. I had to be running through with Dane Dash, you know. Dane Dash used to be after his little ass dog. I remember all that because I used to be running to the Bronx. I'm a little, I'm a little Brooklyn nigga, coming all the way to the Bronx, Ford and Road, one eighty third, and all them niggas is up there, slash Bronx niggas, Harlem niggas. So I'm like, and they already know, you know, Brooklyn guys. We have our own movement. And I talk, so they say, you guys got an accent. So they say, oh, this guy, I try to hide it when I get to the Bronx and try to act like a Bronx nigga. They be like, nah, <laughs> he moving different. He moving different. And then they be like, nah, nigga, you must be from Brooklyn. And I, I, all right, fuck it. Yeah, I'm from Brooklyn, nigga. Well, that's what people in Brooklyn used to say about people from Queens, though. Yeah, but Brooklyn and Queens is like neck and neck. All my women from Queens. All my women from Queens. And all women from uh Queens had their niggas in Brooklyn. So Brooklyn <laughs> Queens connection. So we already know that already. You know, when it gets to the you know, that I already know. That's nothing. Little Dad, let me get off topic real quick. What's your favorite food to eat? I eat a little bit of everything. I travel the world. Half of my life been raised in America, half of my life been raised in Europe. So I eat yeah, I got a lot of favorites. Okay, I tell me like food. your top three. I got some food I can talk about. You probably don't even hear. I say the name. You probably but like, what the fuck is that? Excuse my friend. Tell yeah. me. Tell me. What is that? Like what? Any food. Just tell me the top three that you like. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Overseas. Oh, I have so much overseas. Like, yeah, your favorite one. Uh, well. <sighs> I can't even put them. Well, I eat, I, I go. I eat the Muslim shit when I'm over there. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I eat the Muslim food over there. I eat more fresh Muslim food over there than overseas. Muslim okay. food. Muslim you like food. Poland was one. Yeah, Poland. Poland. And you like uh, Polish food? Polish food. Uh, uh, what else? Okay. Do you okay. like seafood? Uh, wait up, well, Polish. I'm gonna get Polish food. It's good, very good. And uh, uh, French, French, and, French. Yeah, French. The French food. How about the uh, snails? You did have you eaten snails from France before? Yeah, I ate that. How did that taste? You ate a snail. Yeah, I was kind of. I was nice, so I ain't really paying no mind. But the way it was seasoned, you know, it was good. He said the way they seasoned it. Okay. You know, so it's I was in Japan. Oh. In Japan. You, you, eat, you, eat, you eat a little bit of everything in oh, Japan. Because so when I was in Japan, I was in Osaka, and I was in uh, uh, Hiroshima and uh, Tokyo area. I would I eat a little bit of everything. I eat some, yeah. I didn't eat what everybody else eat. You know, some people was eating things that were live, and that's in, I don't do that. I didn't want to eat that. I, I still got to be cooked. Yeah, dad, have, you, yeah. have you ever had monkey brains before, a little dad? No, 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 I ain't trying none of that stuff. They you, you, you have a choice, you, you know, when you're in those countries, and you know, you have a yeah, little snake, Therapy little fishing, lizard, you know? little dog, little cat. No, 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 no. Oh, you, you don't see a lot kangaroo. of kangaroo around in Japan and stuff like that. Little kangaroo, only thing I seen, I seen cats that look like they just got away. <laughs> that's what I seen when I was in Japan. Like I just got away. Like you see the tail. It's like I heard there's a lot of vending machines <laughs> in Japan. Like you can get food from a lot of different vending machines. Like oh yeah, yeah. Kinds. Let me tell you something. You can get oodles and noodles. I know. I heard that they have so many different flavors. I did it. I did it. I got oodles and noodles from vending machine. I did it already. Yeah, oh, I got oodles I and noodles. I think there's even a museum, like a, a Roman noodles museum or something like that. Nah, it's on the street. I didn't get mine from that. I got mine from the street. You got it. Little dab, you never had no yes, bat? I got mine from the street. I got I got some bat. Like yeah, but I got my oodles and noodles on the street. I was not because you're American. Because I like it. Because you like what? I'm going to make broccoli and whatever with oodles and noodles. Shut your ass up. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, little dap, little dap. On the second, on the third album, Daily Operation, you make your debut on Wax with the song called "I'm the Man." Oh yeah. Take us through that recording session and process. 
it's one of the first times we hear a beat change two to three or four times during one song. How did that come about? Well, we was in the studio, and uh, we was like, we're going to do something different. Three people going to be on the, on, on a track rapping on the same beat because every back then everybody was doing that was that era everybody was doing it like that boom 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 this one jump in it he said yo let's change the beat boom that way when this person come a different beat come in boom and when this person come a different beat come in they was like mm. we was like yeah let's do it like that that was primo's boom. idea or guru's idea it was all of our ideas Dope, dope. It wasn't, it was no, yeah, it was all of our ideas. Creative, creativity. Was it one recording session or did it take different beats, different recording sessions to put that together? Nah, you got your beat, go home, practice it, boom, come to the studio, knock it out. It's a budget. You know, the label paying for this. We're trying to save money. How did Mind you feel? I remember with my mother at that time. No doubt. How did it feel first time? Because I know I might have, it might not have been a, um, a radio cut. But it was the first time hearing yourself on an official album, right? Released. How did it feel hearing that for the first time? Oh, and a classic cool. album. It that. was cool because I was able to help my mother out. I got a little money help out with her welfare shit. Boom. It was cool. It was cool for me. Out from the streets. It was a good opening for me. <laughs> I got a random question for you. I didn't they don't understand. I'm on well, well. So, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Old dirty bastard style. Return to thirty six chambers. I'm on well, well. I got a question, Dad. This is just random. What is your favorite gangstar album, personally? All of them, because you know I come from. I come with him starting it. You know I come with Goose. You know, you know. Listen, Goose started gangstar with Sugar Bear and them in Boston. And I tell you guys, when it came to New York, it's a rap, dude. When he got with us, you guys love what you love because that's of the pain. He came at the right time to help speak, you know, to help talk to the people. You know, it was pain at that time, late 80s, going into night. It was pain. It was, you know, it was out. It, pain is every day. You know, we got to deal with We have to deal with pain every day to get to higher powers. But he came at the right time. And, um, you got what you got. You got what you got. Yeah, you got what you got. That's it. So, um, let's fast forward. Gangstar, uh, next album, Hard to Earn. Um, you and Malachi, you and Malachi make your appearances on that album. Mm. Um. At this point, are you two group home? Or are you are there plans for an album together or a group called Group Home? I already had it mapped out when it came mm -hmm. to that. Just like how Google had Gangstar mapped out, I had Group Home mapped out. At first, it was called Little Dap in the Group Home. Me and mm -hmm. Google had this mapped out, you know, and how we brought Melica to board and things like that. It was always been. Group home has always been mine, you know. Mm -hmm. It's always, you know, I structured that, you know. Something like how cool struck your gangster, I structured group home. You know, we we bring the parties among to make it to bring it to the light. We finger point the ones that they need the help for the help to bring it to the light. That's it. Mm -hmm. Everything else is irrelevant. I don't listen to all those lies and this, this, that. Cause no, no, that's not true. Cause I tell them, go make another one, if you did so. Go make another one powerful like what we have done. Go make another group like that. Now that's truth, but yet you have not seen it. So I don't deal with all that other shit. Excuse my friends. I don't, you know, when it comes, just like. We got, like I say again, just like you got gang, you got gangster. The same way with group home. We're just mess. We're just messengers, you know, through our music, and the words, you know, the words you hear. Go, go was educated, you know. He was educated. I was mm -hmm. street knowledge. You put street knowledge and education together, you become a deadly sword. 
what was the um recording process like for speaker club? It was easy. The recording pressure was just like we like I say again. We just came up with something different. Switch up the beat. Instead of doing it on the same beat and all the rappers rapping on the same beat. So we said, okay, let's be a little strategic. Let's switch it up. You come with your sound. I come with my sound. You come with your sound. And um, it came together beautiful. It came good. It sounded good. It sounded different. It was different from everybody rapping on the same hardcore beat. Everybody had their own sound to express themselves, to express themselves. No, I'm not sure if this is during the same time. I guess it is because it's 94. By this time, DJ Premier is producing for other acts, most notably Nas and Biggie, among others. How yeah, does that Jay affect? You doing yes. Jay? You doing Jay? You doing Nas? OC, whoever. How yeah. does this affect Gangstar yeah. albums, you and the crew and the people you start to see in the studios? Like, Who are some of the studio sessions that you're kind of eavesdropping in? Because Nas is working, Biggie, all of them. Where were you around this time with all of this going on? I just had to bring, everybody had to bring their shit to the table. That's all. And we had to bring their A-game to the table. Were you in any of the recording sessions with these artists while they were working yeah, on their I debut albums? Of, I was in a lot of, of artists' recording sessions. Everybody, you know, some of them I was there, some of them I wasn't because I respected, I respect their sessions if I could respect mine. In my session, I don't want nobody around because I don't write music. You know, it's all from my brain. You know, I don't know what it is. You know, when it came, you know, everything you hear from group home, this shit is not written. So I leave it the way it is. This is, and, you know, what make it so ironic, you know, at the time when me and Biggie was, and I remember Biggie was like, you, yo, you just like me. And I'm like, what you talking about? And he's like, you don't be writing, you know? Like, no, nah, just. I gotta hear the music. That's it. Then I go. He's like, yeah, you just like me. <laughs> so I like, and then you know, so it's, uh, that it, it, it's not just like it's a lot of artists like that. Half of the people love Michael Jackson. Don't even know he's like that. You know, not writing lyrics. Not writers. Like wow, you know, the ones you know, you'd be surprised. You just know, vibe it out. Just that's vibe like it Prince. Out. You know, you think he all the instruments he play, he don't read that music. That nigga play that music by ear, by ear. You know what that is? Sound, rhythm, flow, like like by ear, body movement. Like it's a feeling. It's some I can't even explain. It's a feeling. Your friend can't even tell you about that feeling. They can lie, but. They can't tell you about that feeling. You know why? Because you're playing it through your body, through your body, not mm -hmm. through theirs, through your body. So, what was the fa your favorite bar you spit? Mm. A lot, <clears throat> a lot. You know, I try. You know, I don't. If I don't have to write words, if I don't have to write things to say or whatever, if I can just peep that type of light. With through those words, I did a job. That's how I use my music. Mm -hmm. That's how I use it, like a messenger. But if I don't have the right words and the right things to say, but if I can do those words, some type of light come out of it that makes sense, I did my job. That way you can go find that power. That's it. Yo, so uh, Jay Rude the Damager, they, they, uh, we talked about him a little bit, but Jay Rude the Damager drops his debut album, The Sun Rises in the East. What was it like watching those recording sessions and seeing another group member getting in and into the music business officially, releasing his debut album? It's just building everybody up because this is something we already had planned. Everybody had it. It was already planned. He go, he go first, boom. This one, okay, bam. It was already planned. So. You see, this one took off for something we planned. Mind you, we pressed these records up ourselves. Guru and us, 
pressed up 1,500 records, Wax, with three songs, Come Clean, Superstar, and Sugar Bear song. And whoever pop off from there, this is what we fall behind. And that was smart. And that was it. J-Wu popped off, bam. And then after that, J-Wupon popped off, bam, boom, sugar. I, the, the audience ain't, it's up to the people, which is y'all and everybody. He didn't jump off. So we said, okay, we got you, but we got to keep the ball bouncing. These are, they grabbed these. This is what the audience grabbed. They, we got to go with the people. And that was it. That's why you, we here where we at. Where I talk about Finally, Group Home is next up to bat. Is the pressure on for you guys? Because at this point, Gangstar has dropped four classic back-to-back albums, and J. Rude the Damage has dropped, some would say, an arguably classic album. The song Brooklyn Dodgers is blowing up on the radio and video. Is the pressure on for you two to deliver a masterpiece? Group Home's up to bat. Like, What's that like? I'd rather get, I, want, I want Kanye West. Bush hates black people. I can't. I can't do this. Where is VH1? I can't do this. And you still, you still running from, you still running from Trump. Take your ass out. All right, let's go. Everything you said. What? Would you? Would you repeat the question? Why you And you said the best way me. that you could. And you sitting in here with me and I. And I heard me. everything. Are you here? I bet you do. You what? I'm sorry for eavesdropping. Yeah, you ear hustling. You're ear sorry. Hustling. You're ear hustling. Little little dab, little dab. Come on, little dab. Dab dab. Go upstairs. Little dab. You're about to be. On, excuse me. You're about to be on punishment. <laughs> Could you repeat the question? Okay, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> so finally, Group Home is <laughs> next up to bat because at this point, Gangstars <laughs> dropped four classic albums back to back, and Jay Rude Damage dropped some would say in classic album. Is the pressure on for you guys to come through? Even though I know it's planned and it's mapped out, do you know for a fact, yo, we're going to swing this one out the park? Or is there doubt, or just I just kind of want to know the mindset going into this for you two? We were prepared for that. We was already prepped for it. Shut your ass! Up. Ain't nobody talking to you. I'm sorry, but we ain't milking no motherfucking cow sign. Wait, what? Yo, talk about depth. Yeah, we was already prepared for it, and uh, we was prepped for it. You know, regarding the situation and our music, we've already prepared for it. It's already set up, you know. So when Jeru came, like I say again, when he was, you know, he was picked first regarding, you know, the people picked him, you know, would come clean. And then after that, me and my man Dino Vivalier kept pushing the single. And boom, group, you have, you have Superstar that popped off after Come Clean. Then you had uh big sugar after us the crowd didn't accept big sugar like that so we had to follow what what the crowd was grabbing it was j rule and then group home bam and it was grabbed that's that's what the crowd was grabbing we gotta go with the people the people was probably, that's what they wanted so bam and did boom. And did you have was already set up already yeah. regarding this is something this everything was set up it was part of the foundation any, yeah, little dad. So little dad. So, so for for living. Tell me what to do. Dab, dab, little dab, little dab. We gotta stay focused. Dab, dab. Yeah, guys. Let's, let's get it so on. the living. So li- for living proof, who picked the singles and videos to shoot? The record label of you. Me. How are you going to pick it? 
They was living in and and they was living up in motherfucking. Oh, they was living good. They, they was living the way we were living. They come to town. <laughs> so <laughs> wait, did you guys have? I've got my mother. Did you? That did you have creative control or was Premier and Gangster at the controls? Yeah, they had to create creative. Control. Oh, they did. Okay. Who's you had to. Daddy? You had to trust them. Ain't nobody acting up like your motherfucking daddy in his farm. Mm-hmm. All right, you I'm know, sorry. Uh, uh, you're, you're out of your league. Out of your league, with your side, take your ass. Do not. You be, do, don't do, go there. Uh, go where? Has nothing to do with that. Get your monkey. I am not what like you. Nothing like that. Oh really? No, I don't think like you. Oh really? No. Dap, dap, dap. Come on, we gotta, we gotta stay focused on the on the interview, brother. You see, we are. So get your monkey ass away from me. D- come on, dap, dap. Alright, I'll just be quiet. You better fuck up. You better fuck up. Okay, fuck with me. I, I apologize for. Oh, apologize. I apologize. You just like you see motherfucker Jason. Stop. Leave me alone, sign. Yeah, I leave him alone all the time. Yeah, gas sign. I'm in the hood. <laughs> boy, no, let's go. Hold on, boy. Oh no, he's not. I'm hey, in Beverly Hills. He's in Beverly Hills. Don't, don't, don't make it look oh, like that's the, that's the gangsta song. It's personal. Fuck that shit. Yo. What's up? Yeah. Get your monkey ass out of here, boy. I throw this look on you, son. P, yes, you got a question? Here. So, what's, what's your favorite song on the album? Massacre. No, but that's that's gangsta. But yours, your joint. Oh, on my album. Yeah, yeah that's what we talking. We talking about living proof. <laughs> oh, living proof. Ah, uh, what's your favorite song on Liverpool? I'm gonna give you this one. What is your? They're asking you. Superstar, favorite. superstar, what superstar. Is your favorite song on Living Proof? Superstar, superstar. Yeah, that beat is crazy. Superstar. That beat is you know, crazy. Okay. Some would, some would say that Premier, that that that. Some say that Premier, some of his best beats are on that album. Best production. Do you agree? And why do you think that is? His work, he has good work. I mean, at that time, you know, I mean, for me, has good. You know, we all, like I said, we all came in, came in this shit together. So hard to earn. Yeah, we came in this shit together. It's hard to earn. Yeah, a lot of people say that's Primo's best work, best produced album out of any of them. Which is like, whoa, have you? I I don't know if you've heard that before, but that is the talk of the town. It seemed like he put his heart and soul into that. I guess he really wanted to help y'all at the time. So were you around when Guru um, recorded any of the Jazz albums? Yeah, I was around all that. I played on that album. You did? Where did you play? I played drums on uh, um, Down the Back Streets with Donald Bird. No, with Roy Hayes. Roy Hayes. Right, as uh, down the bird, yeah, down the back streets. Yeah, on the first school, on the first Jasmine album, first, you know, yeah, the first album, down the back streets. I performed on that, yeah. So, yeah. what did you, what did you take away from those sessions? I, I, I took a lot. I learned. I, I, I took what I, t- I took. I learned being with Donald Bird. And all that, and things in that nature. You know, Donald Byrd taught me a lot. You know, he's taught me a lot. You know, he taught me a whole lot. You know, oh, I learned. I you know, so Donald Byrd was like one of those artists that, and my mother used to listen to him. So he, he taught me some. He taught me some stuff. I used to, he and I didn't even know he. You know, he teaches at Queens College. You know, like so I used to drop him mm-hmm. off. From the studio session with Google and drop them off and all that, and um, I'm like, wow, he be, t- he be, be we're sitting in the car, he be telling me everything. Donald Bird be like, hey, you know, I used to play my play my sax and my shaking, 